Small Vertical Podcast. I'm Dallin. I'm Bryce. And and I'm Taylor. We are coming to you from Taylor's foyer. Uh, foyer. Foyer, if you will. That'll work. And we had just concluded watching the 2020 NBA draft. The first round. The, the first round. round. The first round. The second round is still rolling, but uh, let's get real. Who cares? And care <laughs> Bryce cares a little bit. He'll go back and read the full in-depth analysis of each player. Um, Fletcher just left, so mm-hmm. no better time to start a little podcast than right now. After Fletcher leaves? After Fletcher leaves. Yeah. No, I actually really wanted Fletcher on the podcast, but he couldn't hang, so he had to go home. New baby. What are you going to do? Um, today we're going to do a quick big ego, small vertical, first round way too early mock draft. It's actually not that early because we're probably going to do our draft in like what? Two weeks probably? Yeah, it's going to be fast. Uh, Two so, or three weeks. So it's coming quick. Uh, we'll do a mock draft and then we're going to do a quick newsroom over a couple of recent trades and then probably call it a night. Taylor's got to get to bed and go to work in the morning. So uh, with that being said, Bryce, break down the, the news. Yeah, a couple of huge trades actually. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we haven't talked about it yet on the, the podcast, but Avatar and Blu-ray sent Giannis Dentacumpo and the number two pick in the draft to the Super Zombies for Jason Tatum, Lowry Markkinen, and a 2022 first-round pick with top three protection on it, mm. which might be the biggest trade we've ever had in league history. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, when we did our, our re- or our dynasty rankings, we had – I think every, all of us had both those players in the top five. I know I had Tatum actually <clears throat> higher than Giannis. I think wow. I did as well. Yeah. I don't um, think I did. It, it's – yeah. It's, it's a huge trade. I think both teams did really well. Um, in a lot of ways, I think the biggest deal was that both of those teams finally got a firm direction on where they're going. Because mm-hmm. they've both been p- putting together – parts for a while but the parts didn't really fit and so neither manager really knew where where he was going but with this trade they both know exactly where they're going yeah they both got a lot scarier i mean i fear no man but i mean they're both a lot better yeah i think i think avatar on blu-ray is probably a playoff team at this point and super zombies are maybe a year away but he'll he'll make some noise this year and he's on the track so if he's a year away um, would having his 2021 first round pick be a good thing? I wouldn't say no to it. Any 21 pick is a is good that thing. A, is that a good segue into the next trade? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. If you're ready to say no, I, uh, I no, not necessarily. I think that was a good trade for both managers. Mm-hmm. I like the direction for both managers. I like Kevin's deal end of it a lot. I think Markinen's got a lot more to offer than he showed last year. And I, I like, agree. I like Tatum quite a bit. Mm. Marketing was worse last year than he was the previous two years. Like his rookie year, he was the 60th ranked player. And they had a bad coach. Yeah. A coach who was sorely lacking in offensive Although, creativity. Does Marketing lose minutes to the newly acquired Patrick Williams going into next year? No. I think they're going to try to play 
Patrick Williams at the three. I mean, he, he came, came out. He came off the bench in college. I don't think he's going to demand a ton of minutes in yeah, rookie okay. year. Cool. And he is going to still play some three. I don't think he'll he'll grow into four at some point if he's good. But he'll play behind Otto. I I think I like Ben Levitt's part of this deal better to get Giannis, who everybody thought was untouchable for years, and to pair that with Zion. That's tasty moving forward. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a nice – For a long time to come too. Yeah, they're both really young. That's a nice one-two punch. And that's not all he has too. He's got more than that. Yeah, he's um, got a lot more than that. He's got a lot to offer. It's it's a good team. Cool. Um, we've got a new free throw punter, which is – Watch out, Benson. Something. Yeah. But uh, no, it's – I mean, I don't think there's any sense in looking for a winner and loser because I think they both did very well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um it's Kevin's got good upside because he's got that pick, which I think next year's pick is going to be really valuable. Um, well, it was but good, also he's got a little bit of risk because maybe Tatum isn't as good going forward. I don't know. Um, that top three protection, Ben was wise to stick on that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure that was a sticking point. I, looking at it, like I assume that's what a lot of the negotiations were around. Was the protections on the pick? Yeah, because the rest of it's kind of basic, and I know that they ha- kind of had the framework in place for a little while. Yeah, but um, no, I I think both teams did really well. I think both teams are a lot better. Um, well, everybody kept saying for a long time Kevin had the t- three of the top, you know, ten players in the league. But then what else? Yeah. So now he's, he added a little depth, but he still has three of the top ten players. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's a really nice spot to be. He still he still kept that super elite core. He filled it out a little bit with marketing, and then he's got a pick coming up. Two years. So that's, you know, that's really good stuff. And then with Ben, he's got Giannis, who, if you're punting, he, Giannis is the, the best number one. He's, the, he's number one. He's the best guy you want. And then he's got the number two pick where he's going to be able to add in a really nice player who is nice and is young and is going to fit the bit, build. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it a little later. But I assume that that pick ends up being either Ball, who helped him secure assists, which is important to lock down the other categories when you're punting free throws, or he takes Weissman, who looks like a great free throw punt center. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think they both did really well. Awesome. Uh, what was the next one? Is it, we had one more trade? Yep. Um, just last Monday, we had a three-team trade. Yeah, pretty, pretty. It got some sirens, whereas the other one did not get sirens. So, make of that what you will. Um, the Rainbow Riders gave up. Gave up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> gave up Chris Middleton and the number fourteen pick, and received the number one pick, and Jaw Dogs two thousand twenty one second rounder. Super Zombies give up Wendell Carter Jr. And their 2021 first round pick, and receive Kelly Oubre Jr. and Chris Middleton. And then the East Mesa Trading Company gives up number one in this year's draft and Kelly Oubre and the Jaw Dogs 21 second rounder, and receives Wendell Carter Jr., Super Zombies 2021 first, and number 14 in this year's draft. Mm. So that, that was a lot. Yeah, a lot. Um, I think Bram did. Okay, on the, at least on the back end of that, the 14 for the second rounder. I think that second rounder is probably better than 14 this year, at least that piece of it. But the rest of that for Bram, I didn't understand why he wanted it. Chris yeah. Middleton's better than the number one pick this year. I think, well, he's certainly better. Yeah. If like, you're competing. 
I, I think so. I think number one, I mean, like I say, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But as the person trying to trade the number one pick, I was about <laughs> to try to talk him out of it. Yeah, like I, I would take Lonzo or uh, Lamelo Ball, but Lamelo Ball's got a lot of real flaws, mm-hmm. and Chris Middleton's just good. He's good right now. He's twenty nine, so he's kind of getting up there. But like, Bram's championship you know. windows right there with him. So yeah. Well. So what's the problem? Yeah. What's the problem? I don't. Know. I I don't really get it for for him. It, it could turn out really well. He obviously has a ton of upside in this. I mean. Ball looks like the type of guy who's going to put up 10 assists a game. Yeah. And that makes you valuable in fantasy. Mm-hmm. But does it fit the window? And like, why? I feel like you're taking on a lot of risk when you could just have a good reward. You know, if, if, you know, 10, 10 assists makes you valuable, but if he ends up being Ricky Rubio minus the steals, is that ever as good as Chris Middleton? No, not really. So. I'm not a big fan of it from Brams, and um, I think Ben did well. I, I love Ben's side of it. I already texted him to get Ubre and uh, Middleton, and as soon as that trade happened, I thought he clearly won the trade. Dallin coming in second, and then Bram a distant third. I think uh, that trade, along with the last one, helps Ben. I I don't know. I think he's gonna make the playoffs. That's a lot of good pieces in two trades. I like Wendell Carter. I, I've always liked him, but he hasn't been good yet. And so you're giving up a player who's not good and a pick, which is a thing that doesn't exist at this point, and you're getting Chris Middleton and Kelly Oubre? Mm-hmm. That's, That's really to, good. To, to, to just add uh, a top 30 and a top 50 player for mm-hmm. nothing? You did really well. For what amount? Like, like in the future, those things, you know, Carter and the pick will become something, but – your team gets a lot better real fast. Like, and you just got Giannis. He, Let's not forget. Yeah, so. like, like that dude stepped on the gas and then shifted <laughs> into six gear. Like, yes, yeah. it's something. He's giving up some long term value in the pick, obviously. But like, as we all know, he's now a year away. So yeah. <laughs> well, if, if, well, if he, if he makes the, I hope if he makes we'll the playoffs, see. it's like he crushed that trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he missed the. The thing is, like, I talk about the 2021 draft a lot, yeah. especially to you guys, because I talk to you guys a lot, right. and I talk about the 2000. But you look at, like, I compare it to, like, the 2019 draft, mm-hmm. which was an amazing draft. Mm-hmm. But you look at the lottery, and, like, three or four of those guys aren't very good. Yeah, so it's and, still a gamble. And maybe they'll become good later, but maybe they won't. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're picking a guy who is going to spend three or four years is not very good, and then hopefully becomes Chris Middleton, you can just add Chris Middleton right now. And, yeah. and, and you get it, and you don't have to do the waiting. So, strong trade. Strong mm-hmm. trade. And then there was my end of it, uh, getting Wendell Carter and the 21 pick given up. Well, oh, I got 14 as well. So. And 14. Moved from the first spot to the last spot of the lottery, um, but picked up Carter in the 21 pick. Um, Carter, for me, was a lot younger than Ubre. I really, really like Carter. I really like his upside. I believe in Carter. Is um, there a big age difference? Uber is like 24, almost 25. Well, he just turned 24, so he's not almost 25. So it's like two years. Uh, Carter's like 21, okay. so it's like three years. That is significant. Yeah, like with Ubre, he spent three years not being good. He wasn't yeah. good until his fourth year. And yeah. so if Carter follows that same path, then yeah. I mean, with a bad coach and in, in limited playing time here and there, Carter still was a top 120 player. Yeah. 
He's so he's got the tools. He was mm-hmm. my favorite guy out of that draft. Not the best prospect, but my favorite guy. I, I like him a lot. Um, giving up Ubrays a lot, um, and then swapping that the number one pick for Ben's pick last in in the next draft. If it's a lottery pick, it could be a, a home run because I think next year's draft is a lot better. But if it's out of the lottery, then I don't think it is. Because while I don't really like this draft, I think Manoa Ball is pretty good. Yeah. Like there's still there's still stuff there. Yeah. Um so it's a little bit risky. It's a gamble. But I don't think it's a bad gamble. All right. Um and and given your position, I, I think waiting on Wendell Carter's upside would is maybe better than riding with Ubre. So I get it. Yep, agreed. Cool. All right. So we're going to go ahead and head into the meat of the podcast, which is the mock draft. So with the first we are we broke it up into threes. I I'm picking third. You're picking He's picking first. Bryce is picking first. I'm second. Taylor second. Okay, so Bryce, you're on the clock for Brand. the Rainbow Riders. All right, so with the number one pick, um, I have the Rainbow Riders selecting uh, Lamelo Ball. I think that he's got the. Maybe not the, the best pure upside, but the most likely chance to achieve a high level of play in the NBA. I think he's pretty much a lock to, if he gets the minutes, put up a lot of assists. Like he's, he's already an elite level passer. There are, there are very few NBA skills in this draft. The next couple of guys I suspect get picked don't really have any NBA skills. The ball's got one, and it's elite. He's going to put up a lot of assists. He's long enough that I would expect him to rebound fairly well. And put well, he averaged like steals. seven or eight in Australia, I don't, right? Yeah, but I don't know what Australian stats mean, honestly. Like, I would assume, but but I don't know. Okay. Um, but he's got the size, so it would make sense to me. It, it seems reasonable to expect. Um, I would worry about... The field goal percentage, he's he takes a lot of bad shots, and he's not a particularly good shooter, and that's a bad combination. I'd also worry that he never really plays defense, so maybe the steals don't show up. Um, I think from a fantasy perspective, well, it's gonna get a lot harder for him playing against actual NBA players, not the twelve games of Australian professional basketball. Well, and even then, like he played for the worst team. Like he doesn't. He he's never really played. If you define competitive basketball as basketball in which both teams are trying their hardest to win, I'm not sure that he's ever played competitive basketball at any point in his life. He just plays on teams that exist so that he can put up stats, and that's going to kind of end in the NBA. Teams want to win. So I would worry about unless that. You, unless you play for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> well, they want to win. They're just completely incapable of doing so. Yeah. Um, but the other concern I would have is that the shooting just never comes around. And so he becomes like a, a Ricky Rubio-style fantasy player, who's a really nice player. But if he's not putting up two-plus steals a game, he's not that useful. Not that helpful. Like, it's good, but it's not great. And so maybe maybe he never becomes a top 20 top 25 player 
and there's still plenty of room for him to be good. And as long as you're putting up huge assist numbers, you're going to be valuable. But that's who I've got number one. He's not without risk, but I think it is the best pick. And it seems to be the guy that Bram likes anyway. Okay. I have pick number two, which is for Ben Levitt, the Super Zombies. Rule number one for surviving zombie land, cardio. And the pick is in. And with that cardio, I'm going to run to the podium to select James Wiseman. Oops. <laughs> See, I was so eager, I jumped the gun on That's it. Okay. <laughs> so James Wiseman fits his team perfect. Shot blocking big. Um, looking over his team, he might run into a problem that Benson has of having too many bigs and not enough uh, guards and wings to fill it out with that punt build. But um, with Wiseman, you take him and you don't look back. You just enjoy the fact that you can pair him with Zion. Um, you still got Jaron Jackson and uh, Thomas Bryant for his big. So he's going to be set really nicely. And it's going to be tough for Benson to compete with that as far as blocks go. Um, but, yeah, great fit for Ben's team. He – it fell really nicely his way. Yeah. No, it's a it's pretty cut and dry with him on that one. Mm -hmm. All right. So the third overall pick, we have Josh. Winning isn't everything. And the pick is in. It was a third overall pick. Winning isn't everything selects Anthony Edwards from Georgia, also of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So it's pretty simple with this one. Um, Josh uh, doesn't – like with me, for example, I tend to um, shy away from bigger names a lot of the times because I fear that there's too much hype. And I think Josh uh, does a really good job actually of ignoring the hype altogether and just going with the big name and not fearing what that means. So the number one overall pick in the NBA draft – I think becomes the number three overall pick in our fantasy draft. Um, can I ask both of you guys a question? Yeah. Both of the players you guys picked went to fairly established teams. How do you think that affects the – because I feel like this is – this so far the draft has gone the, exactly the way I would have thought it would yesterday. Mm -hmm. How has the team they were selected by changed their draft stock in your opinion? Um, so for Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, he's not really competing with – uh, I'm blanking. D'Angelo Russell. I think Russell's at the. I think they're playing together alongside other. I don't think they're competing for the same position or same block of minutes. So I think they play next to each other. Um, you got Rubio there now, uh, too. Which you know that that'll eat into to Edwards' minutes more than Russell's. I Do you worry that he's going to get less run because presumably they're trying to make the playoffs? Like Ball went to Charlotte. Charlotte, like I'm sure I'm sure they'd love to make the playoffs. But they're completely incapable of doing so. Yeah. Minnesota, like they've got a couple of high-end players, and I think they have expectations. Yeah, I think that I think that they'll give Edwards plenty of run, but I think they'll, if they want to break things right and try to run for the playoffs, then he'll probably take a backseat to Rubio and and Russell. But I still think he gets at least twenty minutes a night. Well, and Josh probably isn't. He's kind of in the Charlotte Hornets uh, mode of contention, where Ouch. he'd love to make the playoffs, but he's probably not going to. So, so I guess, I guess, making the long-term pick is more important. What about Wiseman? 
the mm. correct pick. I think Wiseman isn't in a great spot to have a ton of minutes, but you have enough to is not in a good help. Spot. Yeah, I don't think he's in a great spot because he's on a team that wants to make the playoffs. But Wiseman seems Whiteside-esque in the fact that if he plays 20 minutes a night, he'll be useful and helpful and pitch in a couple blocks and some rebounds. Yeah, like most of his NBA – like his NBA resume right now is that he's really big. And even if he has like an abbreviated camp, he's still going to be really big. Mm. And even if like they want to make the playoffs right now, he's still really big. <laughs> like no matter what happens, he's going to be really big. So I can see that. But I don't think he's – I would worry about the abbreviated camp because he's not going to learn defensive rotations and how to do all those things. And I would worry that maybe they have a shorter leash. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, the Super Zombies are looking to make the playoffs this year. So that could be – I mean, I, under, I, I this seems like a reasonable way to see the draft break down, but it would be a concern of mine. Fair enough. Uh, Bryce, you're up with the fourth pick, which is the East Mesa Trading Company. Um, Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. And the pick is in – With a number four pick, the East Mason Trading Company is taking Killian Hayes. I think that he has upside because I think he has the ability to make like the good version of Killian Hayes can play on the ball, which means the good version of Killian Hayes puts up assists. Um, he's big enough that I think he can defend well. I'm not super like like we're at the point where I'm not confident that the guy's going to be good in the NBA. Like Killian Hayes may not ever have a single good NBA season. He's not a very good athlete. And so if he just becomes like a less skilled version of RJ Barrett, I would find that deeply underwhelming. But so would I as the potential owner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like I say, the potential's there. I think it's a good situation. Detroit, you should get a lot of minutes. Yeah, Detroit seems to be full rebuild. Hopefully for them. They I think mean, more than any other rookie, you'll know pretty quick what he's going to be. I don't know, because I think like – Traditionally, point guards take a little bit longer to grow into it. And so if he is a point guard, like he's not point guard size, so maybe that's one thing that I do like about him is even if he can't do the things that in a, in the NBA that he did in Germany because yeah. he's not a good enough athlete. France. And he, I think he play, he's French, but I think he played in Germany. That's oh. right. Okay. Um, even he's, if he can't do that, he can still play off the ball and be just like a more like a Lonzo Ball type of off-ball guard where he makes smart passes – the problem is he's never really been able to knock down a lot of threes. And so if he can't knock down threes, then he can't really play off the ball. But if he's not a good enough athlete, he can't play on the ball. So it's risky, but we're already at the point in the draft where you got to start taking risks. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, the next on the board, I believe, is Jordan. Jordan. And the pick is in. With the fifth pick, Jordan selects Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks. I wish we had the ESPN like Obi Toppin was the best, like like the quick. Oh like, yeah, the little know, snippet. Little yeah, it feels like copyright infringement. It would be. So we don't have it. That's or what Fletcher could have been if Fletcher was here. Yeah. He could have just read it. The, yeah. Uh, what Obi Toppin is a. I don't think he's a great basketball player, 
but I think he's really good at offense and he will translate to fantasy. Um, Jordan's going to want those win now guys like the Rui Hatchimer up from last year. Yeah. And I think that'll be what he is. I think he'll play well on the offensive end and Knicks don't care about his defense being bad because they aren't going to win any games. And so take advantage of it for a few seasons while he can and either he'll become good at defense, good enough, or, you know, if trade him by then. <laughs> if you can't be any worse than RJ Barrett. So here's the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> yep. I'm not sure that they're smart enough to care about defense anyway. Well, with uh, yeah. I keep forgetting his name, the coach Thibodeau. Yeah, with uh, Thibodeau, he cares about defense. He does care about defense. Yeah, that's that's, that's a little worrisome. But his offense should overcome that. Yeah, because everybody knows offense wins championships. I would agree. <laughs> um, is he going to come off the bench behind Taj Gibson? I mean, we've seen that happen before, <laughs> right? Taj Gibson, Julius Randle. They Jordan. probably signed Joe Kim Noah. I mean, they've got – Yeah, just bring that Bulls team back. Yeah, again. Bill Dang, is he alive? Um, on ESPN's Knicks depth chart, because I, I worry that he's kind of blocked. They put him in a small forward, oh, okay. which he is true. 100% incapable of playing. No. He's a like, center. Or a he can't even forward. guard power forwards. No, he, he, he can't defend anybody, really. Yeah. But he can put up points. Like – he could be that like Marvin Bagley type, like what I like John Collins, Amari Stoudemire, like a power forward who can score and can't really defend. Like sometimes that works. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is like Obi Toppin's the same age as Amari Stoudemire, which is concerning. Um, he did come out as an older player. I think that's a good pick though. I would, if it were, if I were just doing a personal big board, I think I would have him a little higher. I probably would have taken him at four, but. I get it. Um, so then that brings us to the sixth pick, which is Eduardo. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as a magical You'll notice there's been a change in the sound drop for Eduardo because as Bryce mentioned so many times last week, how magical he is. And this is from Cats. It's perfect. He's a magical cat. And the pick is in... And with the sixth pick in the Big Ego Small Vertical Draft, same as the NBA draft, Eduardo selects Onyeka Okongwu from Atlanta. Um, I think he's a safe bet, a solid floor. Um, worrying a little bit about the minutes in Atlanta next to Capella and Collins, but they're a young team. They like playing their young guys. He'll find minutes. He's good enough to find minutes. Uh, he'll carve out a role there. Probably the best defensive center in the draft. Um, moves really well laterally, um, gets in the middle of the lanes. Uh, he's the type of guy I could see Ed really liking. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't have too much more reason than that. Yeah, I get that. Um, I do worry about the fit just because they already have two good big men, but maybe you just have like a three big mm-hmm. rotation. I think he's quick enough that he can maybe defend the four. Yeah. It's but probably, not, it's probably Ka- not ideal. You're not giving but- Capella 48 minutes a night. No, 
No, you're not. But you might give Collins close to forty. But didn't they bring um, what's his name back? Deadman. Yes, his name is what he is. They liked it. No, Atlanta <laughs> loves Deadman. They, yeah, they brought he was him back. crap in Sacramento, and he came back and did not do well. Yeah, I just um, and he's super old. Um, I just if you're giving Capella twenty, you know, thirty minutes a game, and you're giving Deadman ten, then there's not a whole lot of center minutes left. Yeah, I, I like Congo. I don't think it's a bad pick here. If he'd been drafted by a different team, he would be much higher on this list. If he went to the Wizards, he'd be two or three. Yeah, I'd have have him. I'd have a hard time picking him over Hayes or something like that at four. But yeah. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it, though, for the sixth pick. It's kind of weird with the draft. Like sometimes you take a more talented player because they're talented, and sometimes you pick for fit. I think with Dynasty, it maybe makes more sense to pick the talent. And Okongwu's got the talent, but if you never get the minutes, then you never show or develop the talent. So that's true. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a tough spot for him. But Atlanta's a good franchise. I'd worry if it was that same kind of logjam, and it was like Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Are they a good franchise? I think that they develop their young players a heck of a lot better than say Sacramento or I don't know Orlando or Indiana. At least they don't make trades that have to get redacted. Like yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich. I didn't mean in Indiana. I meant Detroit. But anyways, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get redacted. It's, you know. I, um, I'm i not sure that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Atlanta's a good franchise. Not like a but, championship winning franchise, but, but I just meant it's player development. They're young guys. They get the minutes. They put them out there. Okay. I think they want to make a playoffs next year. Like I've heard, I've heard that like the coach and GM were told make the playoffs or you're fired. Oh, well, wow. they're probably going to get fired then. <laughs> probably. The team's not very good. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Sharp uniforms though. Yeah. Great uniforms. Yeah. Um, all right. Going up with pick number seven, the uh, Josh has a second pick here. Winning isn't everything. And the pick is in. Um, I'm taking the best suit in the draft by a country mile. Um, I'm taking Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's a good ball player. Um, He's got his flaws because he's a bad athlete and he can't handle the ball. Do you think Josh will select him though? I think so. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> this is what Josh would select. This is what Josh would select. I'm going to stick with Halliburton. All right. I think Halliburton's got some shine to him. I think that he's got a spot waiting for him in Sacramento. They, you know, they just traded away Bogdanovich. They've got Buddy Heald, whom they don't seem to like, and he doesn't like them. So maybe that's not great. No. They they seem to like to make him come off the bench. I guess. How do you feel about the Buddy Heald situation as the Buddy Heald owner? I really want Buddy Heald to be traded. I was hoping to the Sixers, but after draft night and all their trades, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but he played really well even coming off the bench. And so as long as they keep playing him and utilizing him like that, then I can work around that. But I feel like his long-term best fit will be somewhere else. Isn't that true of everyone in Sacramento, though? That's fair. <laughs> long-term, they'd be better off on a different team. Yeah, that's fair. Um but luckily, his skill is shooting, and that's not going to go away where you're at. And so um, he'll succeed, I think, wherever he goes. And if 
if he can do it in these limited minutes, he'll do it with more minutes wherever else he goes. So um, I'd like to have him out, but if he stays, he'll be fine. Fair enough. Um, and now he'll have Tyrese Halliburton passing him the ball. That's right. Because he's a good passer. Um, I kind of like long, unathletic kind of point guards like Kyle Anderson. I think the two may end up being pretty similar. I think Halliburton maybe can shoot a little better. It's goofy, and I don't think he can shoot off the dribble. But his three-pointers have gone in, so I like him. He's fairly young. for like He's he's a sophomore, but he's a young sophomore. Um, he's playing on the same U18 team as a lot of the guys in next year's draft class. So he's still young. Um, and like I say, I think he has a the potential for a very fantasy friendly skill set his with the assist stat and the stats. His college stat line was unreal. If was that good. translates to the pros really in good. any way, man. Yeah. And he played in a real conference. He's in the Big Ten, yeah. so it's not like he was no, he, just teeing off on. He's a good ball player. Losers, I'm surprised he fell as far he, as he did in the NBA mm-hmm. draft. And the best suit in the draft. It was a great it was suit. A really good suit. With the second best being, in my opinion, Obi Toppin. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think so. He's a really uh, good suit. I, I put like number one. Hmm? That's got to be number one suit. What Halberton? Uh huh. No, I oh, agree. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. Yeah, you're saying Obi Toppin like, is number two. Yeah, number okay. two. Yeah, I got yeah, you. No, Halliburton was, was on sharp. Fire. He was on fire. I wish I could have seen Cole Anthony suit better. But whatever. That's just who was it? Lousy uh, COVID. Precious Ruin, Achira Ruin. that had the uh, like the like the tribesman yes, hat or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch. The prince of wherever he's from hat. Uh, okay. So then the next pick is Broken Walls. And Taylor, you've got that pick. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in being a coward. Coward? Not a coward. Would a coward have this? What the hell is that? These are my words, mother. From Army. And the pick is in. So with the eighth pick in this draft, Ben Frederick selects Patrick Williams from the Chicago Bulls. Um, I feel like this is where the tier ends in the draft. After Halliburton at seven is where it starts kind of reaching. Yeah. yeah. And Patrick Williams could be good, and he was drafted high, so you assume he'll get minutes for it. But he wasn't good enough to start on his college team, so what makes you think that he'd be good enough to start on the Bulls? Other than the fact that the Bulls have zero small forwards. I mean, Otto Porter. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's healthy, maybe. So that's that's why I took him here. Is I'm thinking they would want to give him minutes and push minutes on him, and maybe the defensive stats will come. So it's more of a because they took him high, I'm trusting that he'll get minutes, and that's better than most of the guys left on the board. But it's uh, unfortunate for Ben because if he were top seven, I feel like all seven of those guys are people I could get excited about. But eight and down, it's more of a – Hoping and just yeah. kind of, uh, you know, seeing what's picking left. this guy for de- defense or this guy for their shooting or this guy for, right. for taking something for a role. For what it's worth, I stop expecting and start hoping at number three. <laughs> just for what it's worth. For whatever that's worth, yeah. Um, all right. So then uh, moving on to the ninth pick in the draft, which is, again, Jordan. Mm-hmm. All right. And the pick is in 
uh, the ninth pick in the Big Ego Small Vertical Mock Draft, Boom Shakalaka selects Denny Avdia of the Washington Wizards. My theory here is Jordan with Harden and Curry, kind of the same thing as last year. He's going to want guys who he thinks will be able to come in and do something who are a little bit more NBA ready. Uh, Danny Avdias, the coming in from the professional EuroLeague um, over in Israel. Um, he's got a little more experience under his belt. He's been playing for a long time. Um, he will be competing with Troy Brown, but they'll spread it around and find minutes for both, I think. And um, especially if John Walt or Bradley Bill get moved, then there's going to be a lot of minutes opening up there. But I think he's the type of guy that Jordan will, will eye and want to come on his squad. Yeah, that's what I would have done in that pick too. He's got a clear path to minutes and, um, and he's a good ball handler. And so I think he has a chance to put up stats. I don't think he's actually good or athletic enough to stick, but he's no, I think he's, I think no he's athletic enough. I just don't trust him to shoot. Like if you can't shoot, I don't think you can play basketball. Play in the NBA. He shot thirty nine percent, but from that was the field or from uh, three? from three point line. Okay, but a lot in of the that Euro was league or in the Israeli league? In the, is the Israeli league. Yeah, the Israeli league's trash. It's a one team league, and he plays on the one team. So the teams he's playing are just nobody. He played in the Euro League and he was awful in the Euro League because he was playing against actual competition, and he doesn't make his free throws. He can kind of handle that the ball a little. The free throws are a big deal. The free throws were bad. What were they? 58? Fifty. Yeah, fifty-six, fifty-eight percent, something like that. This doesn't make sense. That is not the makeup of a guy who can shoot. And if he can't shoot, like he can pass a little, but when's he gonna ever pass if he like can't play offense? It just you have to have like like even the things you're bad at. You have to be good enough to be competent. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't unlock your good skills. Right, and if right, your shots right. bad. You can't unlock the other skills, right. so I worry. I think he's big enough to play power forward, though, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I, I think he's a better defender than like your typical, your stereotypical like white European guy. Yeah, but I don't know. He's the next Manu Ginobili. I think that's unlikely. Mm. No, that was that was that the Andrew Balmero because he's Argentinian. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're all the same, right? Right. All right, so that was the ninth pick. So then going into the tenth pick, which is the pride. Yes, that is correct. And the pick is in... With the tenth pick, the pride is... Mock drafting Isaac Okoro hmm. from Cleveland. Um, number one, he went early in the draft. He was fourth, and usually our draft yeah. to fifth. Yes. But, yeah, oh, because Williams was fourth. Yeah. Um, our draft typically kind of mirrors the NBA draft, which is a reasonable thing. I think he's going to walk into a lot of minutes, which matters a lot. Um, I'm very skeptical because I don't think he's a good shooter. Right. I think he's a pretty bad all shooter. All these guys have a flaw. Right? But they all have, and, and the thing is, if he fixes that flaw, I think he can become very good. Shooting's a fixable flaw. It's a fixable flaw, but there are also like a lot of guys who aren't good shooters. So like there are a lot of guys who don't 
fix the flaw. Right. Um, but he's an excellent defender. He's strong, which gives him a level of versatility that most most defenders don't have, and the elite defenders do have. Um, he's a decent passer as well. He can finish at the rim. He can do a lot of things except shoot. I mean, if he could, if he were a shooter, he would. I, I would probably have him third in this draft, maybe even higher. So take him. He's going to get the minutes, so maybe he produces something in those minutes and then maybe in the long term he develops the shot and unlocks a really genuinely impressive amount of upside all right well with the 11th pick we have eduardo again I really, really like that. He's clever and magic. Yeah, I feel like magic would negate the need to be clever. Well, he can be both. No, you gotta be both. It seems well, you can um, be magical, but if you're not clever with it, what's the point? Yeah, I guess. I just feel clever like, with how you use. I just, magic. I just feel like magic would make a person lazy. There's a difference between both physically Weasley, and intellectually. But, but there's a difference between Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. Yeah, she's but she, clever. Right. But she, that's be, she was clever before she was magic. But that's what makes her better. Yeah, yeah, that, but that's the point. Is that, Anyways, that the pick is in. And <laughs> so, Hermione. That's right. <laughs> With a clever pick, Ed will take uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland, actually out of the Phoenix Suns now. Um, I was debating here. Jalen Smith, by the way. Liked his Smith. Great goggles. Good skill set. Block shots. Hits threes. Kind of Miles Turner-esque. Um, he's a little bit big. I'm not sure if he'll play the four full-time. And I don't, he's not going to play over Aiton. So that worries me a little bit. But if they can play on the four, then he'll get you lots of stats. Um, and the team doesn't have a ton of power forwards. So they could go that way. That's the way they want to go. He'll help defensively on the weak side. So I think he could be good. And at this point, that's what we're just kind of hoping for. Hoping for some minutes, hoping for someone who has fantasy skill sets like blocks and threes that can chip in and help out. And so that's uh, the reason I'm with him over a couple of other guys I had on the short list for Ed. Cool. No, I like that pick a lot. Um, you know, their, their, their knock on him is he doesn't move that well laterally. I think Obviously, when you look at his stats, you'd think, why wasn't he a top three, top five player? There's a reason he fell in the NBA draft. There's a reason he fell in this draft. Um, but I like the pick at this yeah. point. It is. like Sometimes guys have a really friendly, fantasy-friendly game, and you look at just the box score and you see the stats, but there's more to basketball than just what's in the box score, and that's some of the stuff that he struggles with, so we'll see. But it is a lot of upside. Yeah. All right. Um, with the twelfth pick, we have the Rocky Mountain Goats on the clock. Okay. I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. And the pick is in. I feel bad for Taylor because I think I nailed this pick, and he's like, "Dang it!" He said the guy I'm gonna get. And with the 12th pick, 
the Rocky Mountain Goat select Cole Anthony from the Orlando Magic. Uh, Taylor's traditionally liked scrappy little point guards in the draft, and Cole Anthony he wants he has, he has a lot to prove. And in Orlando, he's competing with Markel Fultz, so I think it's I think there's no one's I don't think Markel Fultz is guaranteed that starting job. I think it's going to be a competition, and so may the best man win. And I think that's a gamble that you like to take. Even though I have like six point guards on my team already, I just love point guards. I think this actually really undersells him because I think Cole Anthony's a lot better than the point guards that Taylor usually likes. <laughs> no, yeah. He's no Gal McKell. <laughs> yeah. He's no Raul Nato. <laughs> I forgot about Raul Nato. That was bad. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, he's probably a little better than those guys. But mm-hmm. that's the pick. That's the reasoning. Yeah. It's it's a good fit because they just desperately need shooting, and like the one thing that Cole Anthony does is shoot well. Yeah. So it, it, he could end up playing his way into minutes. And if you've got a point guard who's playing minutes, you've got something that's really special or uh, really useful at least. All right. Good enough. Um, so the 13th pick in the draft goes to – Josh for the third the third go round. Winning isn't everything. And the pick is in. Yeah, it's me. And I'm gonna take Devin Vassell. Oh. Um he fell. He did fell. Um I worry that maybe he's just a pure three and B guy, which doesn't have a lot of value to fantasy. Yeah, like you, you. What? Why bother drafting that guy, hoping he can become Terrence Ross if you can just go get Terrence Ross with three off the free agencies? But there is a possibility that he can become something better than that. Yeah, he, he's that's... young enough that, and like he's he's shown the ability to improve himself. Two years ago, nobody cared about Devin Vassell, but he's made himself into something better. And if he you know, none of these guys are good enough to be NBA players. They have to add to what they've got. And he's right. somebody who's shown the ability to add to his game. And it wouldn't make sense for Josh to take Terrence Ross and just sit on what you know he is. It makes sense for him to gamble on any rookie. Yeah. And he went to the Spurs, and I think that that gives somebody a little extra shine. It's an edge. Because they develop guys. No, they've also not developed a lot of guys. Yeah. But. Pirtle, Pirtle. Uh-huh. And he got fooled yes. by Lonnie Walker a couple years ago, too. Drafted him and held on to him and then dropped him. I thought Kevin drafted Lonnie Walker. Kevin drafted Lonnie Walker, but I think did – did Josh not have pick him up off waivers? I think Josh had him for a while. I know Kevin had him and then – Kevin had him for a long time. I think I like Devin Vassell better. Yeah. Devin Vassell is an excellent defender, and he's big. Like, he's got really long arms. And he can and, actually shoot. Yeah. Like, he, he's the type of player that gets a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. And so if you start out with the minutes – all you have to do is just add a little wrinkle to your game. Like if you can handle the ball a little bit, attack the closeout, pass it a little bit, you know, just add a few assists. All of a sudden you've got a player who's a really nice player. So I think. I would have been really excited if Vassell went to Cleveland instead of Okoro. I think Vassell would be way up this list if that was the case. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't worry about Devin Vassell getting opportunity. Especially if I'm a player, uh, a manager like Josh, where it's like, well, I don't need him to be good now, but is the long-term version good? And I don't think I'd rather have like the long-term Spurs version of Devin Vassell than the long-term Cavaliers version of Devin Vassell. I think. 
Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how all of these guys pan out because traditionally the lottery, the first 10 picks, you probably only have two or three guys that are worth it. Yeah, and, and we should know that we have intentionally only been picking rookies in this mock draft. Obviously, there are going to be some veteran players yeah. who will go in the first round. So this will not be an exact mock draft. It's not an exact science, folks. It's uh, it's a stab in the dark. Short seconds after the well, uh, these first are the round play- ended. these are the players that I you know I'd, I'm more interested in talking about these guys right now than you know whoever whichever like worn down old bet Benson picks. All right. So with the final pick in the first round and the only round we'll be mocking will be again, the East Mesa trading company. Yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. And uh, the pick is in. All right. And with the 14th pick, Dallin, because uh, he tried to nail my pick, I will now know what his pick will be, and that is Alexei Pokushevsky. At the pick 14, you got to go with the highest upside. Dallin has time to wait, and why not go for the guy who has some of the highest upside in the whole draft? Um, OKC traded up in the draft to pick him, so they obviously prioritize him. Um, his game is super fantasy friendly, and he's really good at basketball. He's just super, super skinny. Yeah. What was that school that in in Arrested Development that Buster went to, where they like they they hide? I don't remember the name of the school. Anyways, but he hides all the time behind walls and uses camouflage and things. I think Pokusevsky, mm-hmm. he could hide behind a toothpick. A kid would be like on a roll at that school. He's very thin. He'd hide anywhere. I mean, he's tall, but he he is he is paper thin. He's seven foot and what, two hundred and eight pounds? Two hundred and eight pounds. That's small. Yeah. But what I really like about him is he's actually good at basketball. He's not just tall yeah. and good around. He's like a he can dribble. Player. Yeah, he can dribble. He can shoot. He can pass. Um, but he's going to get pushed around a lot, and there's not really a position for him. But Dallas not being this year, so he may as well go for the home run and see what happens in the next couple of years. And so I think this pick makes a lot of sense for him. And he's going to the Thunder, and they're they're obviously kind of going through a rebuild themselves, mm-hmm. so they have time to wait. I have time to wait. Doesn't seem like a bad pick. Is it going to be like remember when Bruno Caboclo got picked <laughs> and they said he was two years away from being two years away? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Is it that? Like, yeah. Is it that? And is it worth it to wait for a couple of years for some light at the end of the tunnel? The problem is that he could be really bad because if his body doesn't fill out, he just won't be able to handle it. The difference is, though, Bruno Caboclo wasn't skilled. Yeah. And Poku is. So it's a different thing. And he plays in a trash league, but you know who else was super skinny and played in that exact same trash league? Giannis. Like, he played in the. I don't know. That's where the upside is. If everybody hits their upside, where do you take Pokushevsky? One? Yeah, maybe. Right? I mean, I think Anthony Edwards, 100% Anthony Edwards is a better NBA player, but probably not a better fantasy player. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a crazy amount of upside. It's probably not going to happen. So you hear it here first. Bryce says Pokushevsky is the next Giannis. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And he went to my team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the mock draft. Clearly, um, my team won. 
Um, just kidding. Josh did well. Can we recap recap what our picks were? Did we did we write those down? Yeah, I, I got know. it down here. So Bram is number one. Pick Lamelo uh, Ball, Ben Levitt, pick Wiseman, Josh picked Anthony Edwards, Dallin picked uh, Hayes, Jordan picked Obi Toppin, Ed picked Okongwu, Josh picked Halliburton, Ben Frederick picked Patrick Williams, Jordan picked Adiva. Just try to say that as fast as Jenny I can. So I can call it it, yeah. um, Brandon picked a Coro. Ed picked Smith. I took Cole Anthony. Josh took Vassell. And Dallin took Poku. Poku Chasky. Poku Chasky. Um, all right. Some interesting things there. If that actually played out well, I think I like it for Josh. Anthony Edwards, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Halliburton. Is there anyone? Did you pick? Yeah, that's a really good haul for Josh. I picked Halliburton and Vasilya. Okay. Is there any? Are there any of those picks that you guys think? uh, I wouldn't do that. Um, I think they all make sense where they're at, but there's a lot that I I wouldn't be excited about. I don't think I'd ever take Okoro. Really? Okay. Even at fourteen? I don't. mm, No. Okay. I think I have him on my big board. Uh, Let's see where he's at on my big board. Wow. Even with all those minutes, though, twenty. He's 20th on my big board. Of course, I haven't adjusted it due after the draft here, so he might slide up a little bit, but I don't think I'd take him. I don't think that's unreasonable. I just, But I think I'd take him over Abja. Abdija. Abdija. I'd take him over Denny. I think they just have the same issue. They have the same problem that they can't shoot. Yeah. But I think Okoro just has – more of the other stuff. Yeah. I think he's a better defender. It's a toss-up. Like I, I say, I don't think Denny's a bad defender, but I think Okoro has the ability to I have Denny as ranked 16th on my list, so okay. wow. not, neither of them are ranked that high. Okay. Trevor, Trevor knows this. He has my entire big board. Ooh, I looked at it once. Yeah, you did. Minus it changes guy. daily, though, so yeah. suckers. Um, would you change anything? Anybody? I would start doing a lot of research on Patrick Williams because mm-hmm. I had him – Outside the lottery going into the draft, but yeah. being picked so high that makes me reevaluate. I got him seventeenth. Yeah, so, I think so. I, I think I probably wouldn't take him. I just I, I would ha- I would have to be sold because to me it looks like he just got picked really high because he looks like a basketball player. Yeah, that's easy to say you wouldn't take him because he's not might not be great, but as is he going to be better than anybody else picking 10, 11, 14, like in that range is. I'm sure there's what else a veteran you gonna I'd get? have. I'm sure there's a veteran I'd rather have, even if I'm a rebuilding team. Because the problem is if you're a rebuilding team, you can say, yeah, look, I can afford to wait on this guy for three years. But that just means he's eating up a roster spot for three years. And even if you've got a rebuilding team, you don't want to have static roster spots if they're just burnt on nothing. And like I, I, I get your point, but like you go back and look at old drafts, and there are a lot of guys that get picked in the top 10 and don't go anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, yeah, like Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, Josh Jackson, yeah. Alex Len. Wait, so, hold on. So maybe we shouldn't draft Smith. So maybe we shouldn't have, uh, what was his name? The son's old GM. <sighs> McDonough? Yeah. McDonough. Maybe we shouldn't make oh. Ryan McDonough. And the, and the thing is, while people were holding those guys, players like, you know, Nicole Jokic, we're we're just sitting on the free agent Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like those guys were just sitting there for free, and everybody in the league decided to pass on them. 
in order to hold on to their crappy guys. So it's it's risky. Um, I obviously, like I said, the first round is going to have a lot of other older players, even if it's just like second and th third year players who are still young. But but I think that's a good estimation of what the draft or how the rookies will be ranked. Yeah. One last question: Any snubs from our mock draft? Not for to me. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, moving into the uh, the mailbag, I uh, normally have this pulled up. Give me a second. Yep. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. What does Twitter have for us? Um, so our question today is, who improved their fantasy draft stock the most in the NBA draft? Mm, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams? Mm -hmm. um, I think that launched him up the boards. I don't know that – it wouldn't in my eyes. To me, he's still the same thing. Like, yeah. no thank you. Um, for me, I'd say either Cole Anthony because I think he does – like. He does exactly what the Magic need, or Pokushevsky. Oh, you're thinking about fit. Because, okay. because like, he has to play on a team that's going to be content giving him minutes while losing, and I think Oklahoma City is probably going to be okay with that. Um, so those are the two guys that jumped out to me. I think Halliburton landed in a nice spot because he's not made to be the lead ball handler. So to right play out. the number two fiddle – Behind Fox. Yeah. 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 yeah next if, to him will be a good fit. If yeah. Detroit picked him to be their yeah. point guard, that would not be failed good. miserably. But playing next to Fox, yeah, I agree with that. Also, Killian Hayes. Yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. Detroit. I can see that. I mean, who else do they have there? Who's their point guard? They just traded Derek Bruce. Rose. They traded Bruce Brown. Is Derek Rose coming back? Does he have another year in that contract? He has one more year. That feels right. like someone they should trade. Either trade or come off the bench or not play. He would be role. very useful to the Lakers. Yeah. Or uh, Tom Thibodeau. Yes. <laughs> um, no, like he should just be like the new Lou Williams, and he, that's really useful to a contender, and it's not useful to the Pistons. But where's Doc Rivers' coach now? Philadelphia. I feel like I feel like he'd be good with Doc Rivers. Philadelphia could use him. I think that'd be a good fit. Although mm -hmm. they need a better shooter, but he would be useful. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else that we want to add on this this kind of a knee jerk reaction mock draft kind of. NBA draft night pod. No, I'm just glad to be back to podcasting. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't. I should probably feel so. We we're gone for like two weeks. I uh, bought a home, renovated the home, and then got a massive infection in my ankle and spent the last week in the hospital. So, do you attribute that to the home either being unsafe or cursed? Uh, it was my grandma's home, so yes. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I have no idea where it came from or how it happened, but. Definitely missed the podcast, so three weeks would have been way too long. So I'm glad we got this out there, um, and we'll be back next week. Yes.